You are listening to the Foreign Agent Podcast. Mike Jones here, your independent journalist and your friendly foreign agent delivering to you your favorite flavor of propaganda. Some of the headlines we've got for you today coming out of Rio Novosti here is NATO has announced its readiness to quickly respond to the redeployment of Wagner. Stoltenberg has announced NATO's readiness to quickly respond to the redeployment of Wagner. It reads... Uh, said that the alliance is closely monitoring the development of the situation around the Wagner PMC and information about its alleged, quote, potential redeployment to Belarus and is ready to respond quickly. Quote, firstly, it's too early to talk about it with certainty. The situation may change. Secondly, we are watching them. We can quickly respond if necessary, he said answering a question about alleged plans to relocate PMC's Wagner to Belarus. At the same time, he recalled that we are talking about the internal affairs of Russia. Quote, NATO is focused on supporting Ukraine. NATO should not interfere in these issues, end quote. He explained the alliance's position. That sounds very rich coming out of Jens Stoltenberg. Now, according to Stoltenberg, NATO has been strengthening its presence in the eastern direction in recent years. Now, was this not one of the complaints that President Vladimir Putin had against NATO, where it was encroaching and thus threatening the national security of the Russian Federation? Now, all of this is born of the fact of the Wagner saga, which I have covered and addressed on both uh, at Foreign Agent TV on YouTube and Telegram. Uh, The other sort of development from this story is Germany according to ABC News, offers to station 4,000 troops in Lithuania with the justification that it's to strengthen NATO's eastern flank. Now, if you look at any map, you will see, of course, that Lithuania is just north of Belarus. So I feel that uh, here we're seeing some chess pieces being moved around. Now, when Stoltenberg said we couldn't talk with certainty, well, the news coming out now is that a camp is being built in Belarus to have Wagner present there. And of course, I suspect the concern is, from certainly NATO's perspective, is that this could then lead to um, potentially uh, an incursion into northern Ukraine, where military forces, I suspect, are thin on the ground as they have been chucked into the meat grinder that is being referred to as the counter-oink, but many would say is the uh, counter-offensive uh, that's that's going on there with catastrophic effect. And this news is being reported by Gazeta.ru. In Belarus, began to build camps for fighters of PMC Wagner. Uh, these are field camps, and they're pretty sizable. Uh, it's reported about the creation of camps for units has begun, and this has been reported by the publication Layout, recognized by the Ministry of Justice of the Russian Federation as a foreign agent, interestingly enough. So take that um, as you will. It is noted that the camp is being built in the Mogilev region, about 200 kilometers from the border with Ukraine. It's noted that there will be several such camps, according to this publication. It is also reported that the camp in the city of Osipovichy will be designed for 8,000 fighters. Okay. On the evening of uh, June 23rd, the head of Wagner PMC, Yevgeny Prigozhin, said that the forces of the Russian Defense Ministry allegedly attacked the rear camps, and this is the saga that uh, I have addressed before that they're giving you the background on. If we move over to the West, yesterday it was reported, according to the Washington Post, the U.S. intelligence in the White House knew about the preparation of the so-called rebellion by Prigozhin. 
the implication or the uh, assessment here is that they knew it was going to happen, they just didn't know about the date. So according to Gazetta.ru, citing the Washington Post, they claim that two weeks ago, U.S. intelligence learned about the preparation of a rebellion by the head of Wagner PMC, Yevgeny Prigozhin, and warned the White House about it. At the same time, intelligence did not know exactly what and when Prigozhin was going to do. According to the New York Times, the United States decided not to publish this data so as not to be accused of a coup d'etat. They also did not want to help the Russian authorities, it claims. Earlier, CNN host Erin Burnett reported that US President Joe Biden was briefed on the situation in Russia after Prigozhin's statements. It also became known that US intelligence warned lawmakers in Congress about building up the forces of the PMC Wagner near the Russian border, which could indicate the plans of the head of the PMC, Evgeny Prigozhin, to challenge the country's military leadership, it reads. According to CNN, US and other Western intelligence officials saw signs of Prigozhin preparing for such a move. I'm not going to comment any further. Uh, and of course, links to all the articles and sources that I'm citing here will be in the description for you to look at your leisure. Uh, in other news, uh, Ros, uh, Roscosmos has published a picture from space uh, regarding the tourist, uh, was it Bathyscape, uh, the Titan? Uh, apparently, that's been photographed from space by uh, Roscosmos. And uh, again, a link will be in the description for you to view the photo as and when you're able. Going back to Moscow, a Moscow City Court has sentenced an MIPT professor, Golubkin, to 12 years in prison for treason. Now, here's quite an interesting story here, and it concerns hypersonic missiles. The Moscow City Court sentenced Valery Golubkin, a 71-year-old professor at the Moscow Institute of Physics and Technology, a leading researcher at the Central Aerohydrodynamic Institute, to 12 years in a strict regime colony in the case of treason. The court found Mr. Golubkin guilty of transferring reports on work on the Hexafly-INT INT, hypersonic civil aircraft abroad. Valery Golubkin pleaded not guilty. The case was opened on April 12th, 2021. On the same day, the scientist was sent to Lefortova. According to Valery Glubkin's lawyer, Ivan Pavlov, brackets, recognized as a Russian, <laughs> as a foreign agent in Russia. In November 2018, at the direction of the chief, the scientist handed over reports on the work done to the Hexafly-Int project coordinator, Johan Stillant. According to the lawyer, Valery Glubkin did not collect information for reports, but only helped to draw them up. According to the lawyer, documents were received for all reports confirming the absence of sensitive information. Prior to his arrest, Valery Golubkin worked as a leading researcher in Department Number 11 of the Research Department 2, NIO-2. The head of the department, Anatoly Gubanov, was arrested in a treason case in December 2020. The scientists participated in the development of promising models of hypersonic missiles, it claims, in Commerçant there. Over in Lenta.ru, uh, world wheat prices rose to a record high. Uh, prices hit a record $7.70 per bushel since February. Now, what's intriguing here is this is linked to the previous stories that we've just talked about now of the, let's call it, political unrest uh, that was briefly experienced in Russia. 
Uh, prices continue to rise after a sharp jump over the weekend on June 25th. Futures traded at $7.65 a bushel at the top point, adding 3.2% on the day. In a month, prices rose by 29%, which was a record pace in 2015. Bloomberg explains such dynamics by traders' concern about the situation in Russia, which is one of the largest grain exporters in the world. On the evening of June 23rd, it then talks about um, the events with Wagner. The authorities assessed the actions as an attempt at a military rebellion. Markets are also under pressure from dry weather in the U.S., which increases the risks for this year's wheat crop. The agency notes that the current political environment in Russia may increase market concerns about the future of the grain deal. The agreement is due to be renewed in mid-July. However, Moscow has repeatedly spoken about the futility of extending the deal. Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov explained the Western partners did not comply with the requirements of Russia, which were the basis for the execution of the grain deal. Ukraine also said that the probability that Russia will leave the grain deal in July is 99.9%. In the US, they hope that the agreement will be extended. We shall see about that. Now, the last story I've got for you is, I swear to God, it's not a joke, honestly, but this one did have me chuckling a little bit. Because in Gazeta.ru, it's reported Russian scientists have created space engines powered by vodka. Micromotors for spacecraft are powered by alcohol and water, and they were developed in Omsk. Uh, Scientists from the Omsk State Technical University have developed engines for small aircraft that run on a mixture of water and alcohol. The development will allow creating maneuvering orbital constellations of satellites. Uh, Small space aircraft brackets SSC, weigh from 1 to 500 kilograms and are used, in particular, for remote sensing of the Earth and space monitoring. Such devices operate in low Earth orbits, where the influence of Earth's gravity is strong. For their operation, small engines are needed to perform various maneuvers. In addition, sufficient fuel reserve and low power consumption are important. Freons, isobutane, and other gases harmful to humans are now used as fuel for propulsion systems on small space aircraft. Scientists from Omsk State Technical University have proposed an engine design that can operate on an alcohol-water mixture that is completely safe for humans. The alcohol-water mixture comes from the fuel tank to the automation elements and enters the micro-engine. It consists of a large number of gas channels and a heater. When voltage is applied... The micro-motor warms up, the fuel evaporates, the generated steam overheats and creates a thrust force. Anton Lukianchik, senior lecturer at the Aircraft and Rocket Engineering Department of Omsk State University, explained to Gazeta.ru. The development will improve the performance of small satellites and create maneuvering orbital constellation of said satellites. So uh, my concern, though, is (laughs) how long will that fuel last? Uh, Especially... (laughs) (laughs) if it even makes it into the tank. But uh, yeah, I thought that was quite an amusing story. But still, great innovation coming out of Russia, despite the sanctions. Uh, It's hardly that the innovation here is crippled. Uh, But nonetheless, it's quite stereotypical (laughs) in my mind, and I'm sure in yours as well, that Russia turns to vodka as the solution and the answer to this particular uh, quandary and problem. Thank you all for listening today. That's a roundup of the news headlines, comparatively quiet. Uh, compared to the weekend that we had here in Moscow. Um, Thank you all for your support. Again, over on uh, Patreon, Locals, and of course those of you who have donated directly to me to support my work and continue 
helping me be independent using the Stripe links uh, that are on Telegram. So thank you all. I'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.